What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Frame Skip Podcast. This is episode number 10, a podcast with four video game ultra fans. You're falling apart, Seth. <laughs> yeah, I'm falling apart. Uh, what you happened? have to take over and do this. <laughs> uh, and we cover the news each week and uh, give you our opinions on the state of gaming. I am one of your hosts, Seth Slakehouse, alongside the amazing Austin Eller. Hi. That's me. That's you, Austin. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just yeah. uh, kind of taking some time to just kind of chill out before I start the intense job search. Mm. So yeah, you did graduate this week, didn't you? Yep. Yep. So congratulations. I'm all done now and yep. Thank you. It's oh, a big yeah. step. And uh, so just waiting to find a job at the moment. Well, you'll find. That's about it. You'll find one. It's a yeah. shame that you have to find one in such a messed up situation, but you'll get there. Yeah, I know I'll be okay in the end. Yeah, you have one of the most uh, important jobs for for like a degree in, in the whole wide world. So like, yeah, it's it's it, you'll find a job. Yeah. In five years, I want to be watching CNN, and then you're going to be the White House correspondent. Um, how about uh, the Austin Eller News Network? Huh? Yeah, AustinEller dot com. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the coach, Kyle Newman. What's up, man? Uh, not much, buddy. How you been? I'm good. I figured out this week that I would like to have relations with the second sister. How you like in Jedi Fallen Order? You know what? It's it's good. And I'll kind of explain it a little bit more when we get to our games. I'm not going to take a lot of time, but okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'll get to it, man. It's it's good. It's All really right. good. All right. And last good. but not least, we have the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. Hi there. What's up, buddy? Oh, nothing too much. Nothing too much at all, actually, which is a good thing for a change. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's good to hear. All right. <laughs> well, uh, just as we start every week, let's jump into our weekly games and uh, what we've been up to. Um, awesome. Why don't you start us off? Yeah. Save the worst for the first. I don't know. I, I don't know worst where I was going first. with that. Um, yeah, I, I really honestly have actually not played that many games this week. I think I've just kind of been chilling out. We've been, Andy and I have been binging through Doctor Who because she's never seen it before. So I think we've watched like the whole third season in the last few days, but, um, I got a little more into Animal Crossing again. I know, I think I said last week I kind of dipped out of it for a, a short amount of time, but I'm kind of back. Um, but actually the main game I've been playing last few days has been PUBG. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, so Andy, I've been wanting to get into that game for a while. Um, she said she had played it before and it was just too stressful for her. Um, but I was like, you know, like I remember all these good times of Elijah and myself and Brandon and Craig playing this game and just kind of the jokes and laughter that, that it evoked. And I think we had talked on a, previous episode i have no idea which one it was about uh multiplayer games and i i talked a little bit about PUBG and how for me it's kind of like a, a social facilitator as serious of a game as it is it's kind of mm -hmm. like a kind of like a you know sit around the campfire and just have fun type game oh yeah and so um i think she's really kind of fallen into that loop and she's actually been she's she's really been wanting to play it so um i'm glad i got her into that but yeah i've i've really been playing a lot of that elijah and i played it some the other day with with craig and and andy so 
definitely okay. cool. uh, going to be back into that game for a bit. But that's cool. really it. Cool. All right. Um, Elijah, what about you? So the big game I've been playing is Deadly Premonition. Oh, which, still? Yeah. And I, I got more into it. <laughs> uh, because last week I had only done like half of ep- episode one. And now I'm on episode three, which is about six hours past that. And it is such an incredible game. Like, the driving is terrible. There's so much bad about this game. But it has just so much charm that it almost gets rid of all the bad, if that makes sense. Like, it's just so... It has such a personality to it. You can't help but loving these characters. The story has me super interested. Like, all this weird stuff is going down. I I don't... I don't... I don't know what's going to happen next. And it's just... It's just so well done. I love Sweary. Uh, I've ended up loving some of his later games, which is one of the main reasons I want to go back and play this. And I highly, highly recommend it. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely have heard that it's uh, it's something to check out, at least because a lot of people love it. It's, a, it's definitely a cult classic because it has not reviewed well at all. Nope. But people, it, for some reason, it's come around and people have, have liked it due to its crappy nature i guess which is uh interesting to me because i don't know many other uh many other games that have had that uh status where they're so bad they're good but like i said it it is very bad but it just has a personality to it which i think is what really brings it around to people right all right uh coach tell us about what you've been playing this week buddy oh man jedi fallen order and i wish i would have been playing this a lot sooner but um once I got in, I got in because I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan that enjoys more than just the movies. I enjoy the comics, which I just picked up uh, Son of Dathomir uh, this last weekend. Um, and I love reading the books and, of course, watching um, Clone Wars and Rebels. So this fits in. This is canon. So it's like I'm playing a graphic novel or I'm playing a book that, that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I love that time period. Mm-hmm. I love the time period and I want more stuff after episode three, but before episode or before um, rogue one, right. You know, that, that time where um, the inquisitors and Vader go out and hunt the Jedi. So there's a lot of stuff that they could do. And there's rumors going around about a live action or possibly animated, uh, um, Vader film during that time. But anyways, um, it's good. Uh, I couldn't put it down this weekend. I probably played like on Friday, about eight hours, six to eight hours, just straight. Um, however, as much as it's good, even on the Xbox One X, it's still there's a lot of frame dips throughout the yeah, game. Yeah, that's a serious problem with the game. Whoa, dude! Like, yeah. you know, I I kind of like complained about um, Link's Awakening because there was that issue going from sixty to thirty, but this is uh, and and it's understandable, right? Because what they're trying to do is just so massive, right? Um, even on my PC, my 1070 Ti, you know, I have to tone down the settings so that way I could stay at a constant 60 and I'm not there yet. So when I go back and play it again on PC, um, I've got to find that 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 perfect medium so that way it could stay at 60. But 
this is this is a phenomenal game, and I will go back and play this a lot. I hope that um, who is it? Respawn that did this? Yes. yes. I hope that for the next system that they do a quote unquote remaster for it so that we can get that constant 60 frames per second. Yeah, the game, um, the game definitely has technical issues. It was pretty clear to me when I was playing through the game that it was rushed out and, and not in a, the, the thing that did that took a hit wasn't the story or, you know, the things that mattered in the, in the context of the, the, the world of star Wars. It was the, uh, gameplay, um, in the uh, animation, I should say, uh, like some of the characters, they don't look quite right. Uh, I know everyone made fun of um, who's the mentor lady. I forget her name. Right. Her eyeballs, her eyeballs, her eyeballs with are <laughs> popping out of her head. Um, I, I noticed um, like, like some of the characters in, the, in their idle animations, they, they, they look kind of robotic and whatnot. And the frame rate obviously was the big thing everyone complained about with, with fallen order was, um, that every once in a while, and sometimes in very important moments, it would skip a uh, frame skip, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like um, that moment when the title of the movie is finally said. Uh, in, in there the, it is. The there it is. Uh, yes, but Fallen Order is great. Now, you, I know when you when you texted me, you said you you're going back to Dathomir. Is it the second time you're going back to Dathomir? Yes, the second time because I just. Got my uh, kyber crystal, uh-huh. and I did the little. Uh, well, don't spoil it. Is that, I know, I know, but you know what happens after you get out of the and that temple. The cool thing about it is that temple is in the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah, so, so it you, was awesome to go back. So you're in the final quarter of the game, and I would I would say you're in for a ride, man. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know last week I spoiled uh, a moment of the of the game, and you guys kind of stopped me. But do you remember what I said last week? No. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. I cut that uh, out of the show. Just FYI. Okay. So. I, I was gonna ask. I was. I was. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you how, how what you felt about it. But no, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you off air. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk All to you right. off air about that. Um. Right. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Fallen Order. Um. I, I can see how you would go back to it and play it over again. Uh, there's definitely a lot of skill, uh, in that game, so you can you can improve and do better. And I found the further I got in. Um, enemies that had given me issues in the beginning of the game were no longer giving me issues. So that, that was pretty cool to see because you really do improve uh, the more and you, you got to be patient. That's with the dodging thing. and parrying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, you really do feel like a Jedi Padawan. I mean, you have this yeah. power, but you don't really know how to quite use it in the beginning. So it's pretty cool. I will say this two things before we move on. One, I could play just that beginning level, the uh, deconstruction yards of all of the, uh, you know, the Clone Wars. Um, they're called Venators, mm-hmm. uh, but you know they're uh, the pre-Star uh, Destroyers. Just looking out was amazing, you know, and and seeing the um, the um, who are the guys in uh, in the the first one, the bad guys, the uh, the Trade Federation, right? Their mm-hmm. little their their ship, you know, coming down into orbit. But I will say this. With its technical issues, I would rather play this than what we got on Battlefront 2 as far mm-hmm. as the, the story, right? Because yeah. this one is an actual story that you don't know where it's going. We yeah. all saw where Battlefront 2 was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're not going to see where this is going either. I know um, 
everyone that I've played it was very surprised by it. Okay. So like I, I I'm really interested maybe um, here in, in a week or two of, of getting your final thoughts because I, I think the final quarter of this game is really really incredible. So and you know the old man. He, the one that's on Dathomir, the Mad Jedi, mm-hmm. he is similar to the Mad Jedi Kaboth that Luke faced in the very first trilogy of books that Timothy Zahn did. Oh, I, I, see, I haven't read those. I yeah, he, he was a uh, he was a former Jedi, but it was a clone, so that's why he was mad, like he was lunatic crazy. So when I saw this guy and then someone said that he's mad or something like that, or he's just crazy, I'm like, okay, this dude, uh, similar to what we read about a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that when they take things from the expanded universe and kind of morph them in. I wish they would have, we would have gotten Mara Jade, but obviously we, we didn't. And that's, that sucks. So Scarlett Johansson would have been perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I guess with that, we'll, we'll jump into the, the news this week. Um, we'll just, we'll just, uh, jump right in here, coach. Uh, t- let's, let's talk about uh, the series X episode of, of, uh, inside Xbox, which I heard a lot of people not too happy with. Okay. So we'll talk about that first. Okay. What people were displeased about was, um, Ubisoft saying that a gameplay reveal right mm-hmm, yeah. this is going to be the first trailer where we get to see some gameplay and leave it up to ubisoft to just go nothing but theatrical trailers mm-hmm. and then when you get the game you're like what the heck man yeah. you know so they're good at that they're notorious for that so and everybody knows that so when we see a ubisoft trailer we saw ah, you fooled us once and so when they promised that everyone was excited and it didn't happen because their trailer again was all cinematics. I couldn't find anywhere in that trailer where there possibly could have been gameplay, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. that was the big issue. And then Microsoft had to come around. Uh, It was Aaron Greenberg and he apologized that, you know, the whole situation led gamers on to thinking that this is going to be something that it wasn't. Interesting. So, yeah. so what did you, what did you think of the, uh, the inside Xbox as a whole? Give me your thoughts. Okay. So I thought it was good because we finally got to see some of the output of all those companies that Microsoft bought. No, we um, what was it like three years ago that they told us that? None, none of them were in that showing. Some of them were part of that, I thought. No, they weren't. Are you sure? Yeah. They, um, okay. That was all yeah. third-party stuff. It, it, yeah. Xbox came out and specifically said that's all third-party partners. All of their own stuff is going to be shown in July. Because I thought that they were third-party, but they... There they were a couple of exclusives, them... but there yeah. were none, none okay. of those studios are owned by Microsoft now. So... There are a bunch of games and they all look oh, yeah. good. Oh yeah. Um, every, every single one I thought looked really good. Right. So instead of going through all three of them or all three of them, all of them, I picked three to talk about that. All I right. liked. Hit me. What, what, what do you got? Okay. So the very first one was called bright memory infinite. Okay. It was fast paced. It looked good. Um, it's a first person shooter and one developer created it from the ground up. That's impressive. And yeah, very impressive. I mean, you have what um, Tom, is it Hap? H-A-P-P? Tom Hap did with, uh, what's the one game? Undertale? that got a, 
No, it was the one that the Metroid clone. Oh, Axiom Verge. Axiom Verge, right? He did that, okay? But this is on a totally different level, man. This looks like AAA style. So it'll be interesting to see, like, if we get a demo, how it plays. But it's really good, and they have a really good um, trailer, and I would highly recommend go watching that if you haven't seen it yet. Apparently, then, the original game, like, the, the normal game is on Steam right now. And, like, if you own it on Steam, when infinite comes out you get the upgrade wait so there's this is a sequel uh i, I don't know if it's a sequel or an upgrade all i know is uh, okay. bright memory is on steam right now interesting interesting hmm. yeah i, I wonder if it's like a early pass or, or you know how you could buy games early access early access everyone's dreaded word right <laughs> yeah i thought it looked really interesting though it looked to me looked awesome it looked a lot like Crisis almost. Um, yes. Yes. Just the way that it played and kind of the just kind of jumping around. And, you know, it it, it definitely looks uh, very interesting. And like Coach said, I mean, like graphically, the fact that one person made this game is is just insane. Nope. It's a full release. It's ten dollars. Oh, wow. Interesting. Came out too. in March. Cheap, too. Huh. Yeah. So I wonder what the the upgrade is going to be. I wonder how it's going to be different from. What's on Steam to what we get on uh, Xbox One X because it comes in on all Good three: question. the um, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and of course the uh, the new one. Well, perhaps they didn't mean upgrade as in the game got upgraded. Perhaps they meant your purchase got upgraded to the Steam copy. Or you, you see what I'm saying? Right. No. So, no. Because uh, yeah, bright. If you own Bright Memory, it gives you Bright Memory Infinite. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. Interesting. I see. Yes. Okay. So, and you guys know me, whenever I have a chance to plug Rogue Squadron, I'm going to plug Rogue Squadron, right? <laughs> well, there's this game called Chorus, C-H-O-R, and it looks like a V, but I guess it's a U. It, it's yes. doing the whole same thing as like churches or Paris, way right. V, but it's it's It's, it's dumb. Weird. Basically, right. it's a dumb thing to do, but okay, That's continue. Not. Well, I, I just don't like that. Let's not replace letters, yeah? Stop it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it's a space shooter, but it looks good. It looks really good. Now, is it is it um, simulation or is it arcadey? You, you couldn't really tell um, from the trailer, but it's got a 2021 release, so it's not due till next year. Looks beautiful, and it's just very – there's a lot of attention to detail. Mm. So, but – with any type of flying game, that's the most important part. We, it could look beautiful all you want, but if it controls, if it if if it controls like, you know, dog do, then it, the game's going to be dog do. Right, right, right. And then the last one that I want to talk about, which is a genre that I never really got into, but it is the um, the ascent. Okay. And oh my gosh. You talk about looking good. This game looks amazing. It's top down. It looks like it's a twin shooter, uh, twin, um, twin stick. Yeah. Twin, twin yeah, stick. That's, that's the proper. Say that a hundred times, uh, <laughs> 10 times as fast as you can. It looks like a twin stick shooter. It's, um, it's cyberpunk themed. And I watched, I actually went on IGN, right? I haven't gone on wow. IGN in a long time. Right. <laughs> and they had this one, um, they had like the first 15 minutes of it or something like that. And, and it looked good and it played good. And uh, I'm thinking, what what's a good twin stick shooter to play now? Like, what would you guys suggest? What was that one um, that Colin and Greg played 
for a long time. Um, Dead Nation. Dead Nation. That, oh, that's, Dead supposed Nation to, yeah. that's supposed to be really amazing. That, also, it, that is really fun. Also, Helldivers. Oh, still, yeah. That's so good. great. Those are my two favorites, personally. Yeah. So... I know, I know people really go crazy about Dead Nation. And I, if I remember correctly, it got like an update not that long ago. Yeah. Or, so, or something a, like that. There's a PS4 version that, that okay. has more content, I think. If yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that game's but, really fun. It's, it's co-op, uh, like zombie kind of shooter type thing. It's really fun. And yeah. the accent, I'm almost positive, is co-op too. Yeah, well, which yeah, makes yeah. sense for Twin Sticks, but I know Dead Nation's like super hard too. Like there was like there was like friend there was like friendly fire in that game, which is so annoying, but it's like, it's like a great idea. Um, but yeah, that, that that's what I would recommend. Right, and I mean, there's other good ones because you always want to showcase a racing game. So Codemasters and Dirt Five looks beautiful. Yep, I think I knew I knew Elijah would like that oh, one. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, like we said earlier, the uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So um, I think the hype kind of went down a lot after the whole we're not going to show gameplay f- stuff, uh, footage. But but we'll see. Well, for um, me, it didn't matter. Like, uh, like when they when they said it was Assassin's Creed and it was going into uh, Norse mythology, I was like, oh, I'm in. You know, yeah, I'm in yeah. because, because yeah. Um, Odyssey was so good. And I, although I wasn't crazy about Origins, I could I could respect the quality. The thing I didn't like about Origins was the setting. Um, I, I like yeah. the, like just the bland desert. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me. Um, um, but yeah, even though they didn't show gameplay, I didn't even watch a trailer for Valhalla. I just knew Norse mythology, Assassin's Creed, Odyssey. I'm in. I'm done. So. Yeah, and they didn't show gameplay. It's Assassin's Creed. Yeah, we know what Assassin's Creed is, and yeah. most of the games had that little stamp in the bottom corner, Unreal Engine. Yeah. So uh, before we move on, I just wanted to bring up quickly, and Elijah, I don't know that was supposed there's... to be the segue into Elijah. I'm, I I thought so, but then Austin started. Oh, sorry, I, I completely missed that. Come on, no, uh, finish your thought, Austin. I implore yeah. you. No, I was just going to say I think the one interesting one for me was uh, Scorn, which. Uh, apparently had been announced before. Like Elijah said, he had played it at PAX at one point, I think, correct? Yes, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, and it looked uh, bizarre. It was that's absolutely bizarre. That trailer was freaking strange, but that's what really gripped me. So I'm really curious about that. The one that the one that surprisingly gripped me yeah. a lot more than I expected was Vampire the Masquerade 2 oh, hell yeah. Bloodlines. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, everything about it. I'm so yeah, in. I heard the first one's very good. I never played it, but I heard it was very good. Same, same. I've I've wanted to play it for a while, but I just haven't yet. But that has my attention so much more than I thought it would. Well, at the beginning of the trailer, I'm like, oh shoot, this is the new Batman trailer. Joker's back, you know, because everybody around had the the smile, right? Right. He had them in that. I was like, so, and I never played the first one, so. All anyway, right. that game doesn't run on Unreal Engine, but <laughs> but maybe <laughs> maybe the next one will run on Unreal Engine Five was announced today. That is perfect, uh, amazing, the best ever so far. You do, got it. The do we know game. that that one doesn't run on Unreal? We don't. I don't think. Okay, I don't think anyone actually does. But <laughs> but they did announce today. Oh, they I will say I will say it looks like a Unity game, so I'm going to look it up because I think I think it might be Unity. Yeah, I'm curious. Continue. Now, continue. Uh, Unreal Engine Five was announced today, and more importantly, shown running on a PlayStation Five. Uh, the, the important thing here is this is the first gameplay we have seen on a PlayStation Five. All right, just, just don't interrupt. Just to finish this thought, it is an Unreal Engine Four game. 
Oh, dang interesting. It. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, speaking of <laughs> anyway. games that brought Unreal Engine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Unreal Engine uh, 5. Uh, as you give us your thoughts, because I know we all, we all have uh, very so, interesting thoughts on this. I could sit here and read terms like nanite, virtualized mm-hmm. micropolygon geometry, mm-hmm. or dynamic global illumination. I don't know what any of that means, but it right. looked really good. Like It looked like everything runs so smoothly. One thing I did really enjoy is they said one thing developers can do is just kind of take a real world item essentially that like was used in a movie or whatever and essentially scan it into the computer and turn it into a model in the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so b- before I, I comment on what I think, I want you to finish your thoughts on, on what you think of Unreal Engine 5. I think Unreal Engine 5 is super awesome and it will probably make the games that we play just look and run a little smoother than -hmm. they currently do maybe not much maybe we won't notice too much but it should help improve quality of life so you you're just very excited for it huh yes i'm very excited to see games run like the tech demo they showed off i wish that was a game that looks like something I would. yeah i felt that too because i was like well, so like what I was really confused about with this announcement was that they were making it seem like it was um, PlayStation news. Like, 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 yeah, they the were rumors circling was, was like, oh, it's a big you know deal for PlayStation when really it's not. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with PlayStation. Um, it, this, this is something that affects all games from yeah. PC to Android. Um, but uh, Austin, coach, w- w- what did you guys think of Unreal Engine 5? I thought it was interesting. I think um, for me, I was more interested in the fact that we were actually seeing something run on PlayStation 5 hardware. Mm -hmm. And um, I think at the end of the day, this was obviously a tech demo that was so perfectly scripted and thought out and every piece of it was planned and put together to look perfect. Yes. And so I know games are not going to look this good. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially, you know, any open world game on PS5, you can throw any concept of, of photorealistic graphics out the door. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, well. Not without some huge budget or like a 10-year development time. Um, so I thought it was interesting. I think for me, I was slightly disappointed because uh, Jeff Keighley had tweeted yesterday, I think it was, that this was like one of the more important announcements uh, of the... Uh, what is it the summer game fest or whatever it's yeah. called mm-hmm. whatever and term is. I, I do think it's important I think that showing something running on PS5 you know is pertinent but what I will say is that uh, you know when you tweet he tweeted yesterday that it was going to be an hour long I wasn't really expecting an hour long to talk about Unreal Engine 5 well not even that uh, I, I would say what, 75% of that was about Fortnite Cause, yeah, cause, yeah there well, was cause... a big chunk yeah yeah it, it, it a lot of it was fortnite I, I think that was that that was um a bad move by jeff Keeley. Uh, i noticed that jeff Keeley sometimes is, is a little bit of a hype man where he builds hype around mm. things and then they, they get let down but before before i jump into what, what i think technically of unreal engine 5 coach what, what did you think of it okay so i mean i just took it for what it was face value right mm-hmm. all it is is just an engine and it's like if you were in a college class and you created a program that, you know, was like maybe five minutes long or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Something similar. And here's the thing. 
And this is just me thinking, if I wanted to be excited for something like this, like a, a demo, show me like intense game footage, like right. not just one person walking and, and traversing and stuff like that. Like, show, like if, if you have a Lamborghini, don't show me what it looks like driving through um, a school zone, right? Right. Let's go right. to the track and let's just put the pedal to the metal and let's see what it has, you know? And I remember when they did this with Unreal Engine 4 mm -hmm. back before I even went to Kuwait, I remember they did something very similar to this. And uh, it was just interesting that it got a full hour um, or however long it was, like whatever. Well, and, I, uh, I, I, would, I would also um, like to call back to Square Enix's Luminous tech demo um, yeah. where we, we, we saw a really, a really amazing tech demo and the Luminous engine was a complete wreck. Now, um, I, I don't, I, I, it, w w was that your final thoughts, Coach, or did you have something No, else? I just wanted to say one thing so people don't get caught up on, ooh, Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. There, was a, there was a developer and I want to say it was – was either Rocksteady or was um, Naughty Dog that their upcoming game, I think it was like when it, the PS5 started or maybe even the PS3, I forget, but instead of using a new engine for the new system, they stayed with their old, their old engine and they're like, why we already know this and what we do with this is going to look better with trying to learn something new here. I'm pretty you know, sure, if I remember correctly, it was Naughty Dog. But okay. I'm not 100% positive. Right. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. You know, take Unreal Engine 3. That was Batman Arkham Asylum. I'm almost 99% positive. You play Arkham Asylum 3 on the PC. Or Arkham Asylum 3. You play Arkham Asylum on the PC with the max settings. It looks like a current-gen game. Not going to lie. And that's Unreal Engine 3. You were correct so, about that. It is Unreal Engine 3. I just looked it right. up. Right. Uh, so it, it, the hype of the number is one thing. It's about the developer. Yeah. Can they utilize what the whole – what the tool sets that are involved to make something – And then you, know, you have the uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order where EA wants everybody to use the Frostbite engine and respawns yeah. like – no, we're going to use Unreal Engine 4 and then guess what was actually a good game and most of their other games worked kind of terribly. Okay. I was going to say, uh, was it Mass Effect Andromeda that ran on Frostbite? And just yep. It was a freaking... It was a mess. Yeah, disaster. Um. All right, so l l let me give my thoughts here because I, I think I have a, a pretty unique insight on, on Unreal Engine. Um, so... The things that they were claiming that uh, Unreal Engine 5 can do is a little absurd to me and breaks the way that I think computers are understood to be read. Because essentially what they were saying was that they're going to be able to create photorealistic environments that create little to no memory as big as you want them. Um... And basically what they were saying was – now, you guys may not know this, but most video games nowadays, especially open-world video games, only render what you can see in the environment. So as soon as you turn the camera, the things that were behind you 
um, go either low resolution. They usually go super low resolution. Um, and then as you turn the camera, they will pop back in. Right, and that, That's how you get a lot of pop-ins, right? Or, you know, you're, you're moving forward in, in an area and you see something pop in in front of you. That's because it wasn't rendered because they're, they're trying to save space. Um, what they're claiming Unreal Engine can do is, is basically put things in the environment and, and create them as large and as photorealistic as possible without requiring more memory. And I don't, I, I think this is a lot of technical uh, garbage from, from them. And I think if this is something they do pull off, it will be extremely, extremely innovative and it will, um, it, it, it will change the way games are created. Um, and we will see a massive improvement. Like I think the tech demo we saw was a massive improvement. All those statues in that room at, at, at photorealistic quality was a massive, that's, that's something you can't really do today. I mean, you could do that, but the, the statues would, there, there would, there would be corners cut. What they were showing was really no, no corners cut whatsoever. It was, it was a complete recreation of the statue in the room. Um, 400 and I think it was 89 times. And that's very impressive. I'm running on a PS4. So basically what they're saying it does is it it only renders the things that are available to the to to, to make the, the the shape visible at the highest quality possible, which is something that already kind of happens but at, at a much larger scale and it's more noticeable. But the the fact that they're claiming that it create it takes a little bit of no memory is something that I I, I can't wrap my mind around and now obviously i'm not the smartest person in the room ever um but i do know um game development on, on a more intimate level than um than i would like to honestly for my my, my debt that i'm in but <laughs> um that 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 was something that i took note of because i don't i i, th- I think maybe they're overhyping it now the, the thing is is that uh you're kind of right coach um when Unreal Engine 4 came out, it, it was kind of the same as Unreal Engine 3. Like, I mean, it wasn't the same, but it was kind of just, just, just an upgrade. And I think this is probably going to be more of an upgrade. I, I think um, a lot of the stuff they were saying that Unreal Engine 5 can do, you can already do that in games. Like they were talking about um, how when she went through the door, she put her hand up to the door and, and, and walked through it, right? And they, they, they did that automatically, they, they were claiming. But at the end of the day, that's, that's still something that has to be programmed. Um, and developers already do that. Um, one of the most infamous examples I can think of is Naughty Dog does this all the time in their games. Uh, their, their characters seamlessly interact with the environment constantly. Uh, you know, Nathan Drake putting his hand up against a wall when he's walking past it, or uh, here in the, in the Last of Us 2 coming up, you can see Ellie, when she runs up to a barrel, she'll put her hand on it, or she'll grab the thing, the, the thing that's sitting on the barrel without stopping, and, and pick it up in one fluid motion throw it. Like that, these are all, they, they all fall in the same category here with stuff that need that that they were talking about um the lighting system in, in unreal engine 5 is extremely impressive i will say that the, what, what they're talking about the ability of it to do is extremely impressive but again we've seen this before with the luminous engine that, that i mean that that's right in the name with with um square enix's engine was the luminous engine and it just never quite worked out the way they, they demoed it so i'm very very skeptical of tech demos um now the other things with the particles and the bats flowing through—that's something that you can do in most modern engines anyway. Like that—that that, that really wasn't that impressive to me. Um, but I will say that, like, for people thinking that this is 
an example of what a PS5 game is going to look like, I think are going to be very sorely disappointed because yes, these things are all available in Unreal Engine 5. Like I, I, don't, I don't doubt they're lying. I think they're exaggerating quite a bit, but I don't doubt they're lying that you can do all these things. Obviously they did them. But I do think that if people look at this and go, oh my God, this is, this is what PS5 games are going to look like. I think this might be what they look like at the end of the PS5's life cycle. And for for reference, um, this engine isn't even available until 2021. Now, when they say that, when, when they say the engine isn't available until 2021, they're not talking to the customer who's buying the games, right? Like people don't buy people don't buy or in this case rent out um, engines, right? So they're talking to the developers. Um, you're not going to see Unreal Engine Five and its full potential. I, I want to say with with a, with a real serious game until 2023 and i think that this was just this was a look into the future and again like i said tech demos i'm very skeptical of them because we've seen so many of them um for okay for for instance think about um the final fantasy 7 tech demo we got for the ps3 right that was showing things that 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 were obviously never possible on the playstation 3 um in in a game sense now this this is a little different that was that was a cinematic like cgi rendering this was um gameplay i i I think that like they weren't pulling our chains this was gameplay but like i said this is the max potential of of what you can possibly do in a very small slice um so i i do think if the, the the main thing to pull away is the art of Unreal Engine 5. Um, but again, I don't think that changes that much when it comes to video game development because environments in Unreal Engine were already so easy to create. I mean, w- we would see people on Kickstarter for a while there every other week putting like these really cool looking like games on, on Unreal Engine on Unreal Engine 4 um, that they were making. And... Uh, you see people all the time on like YouTube making like Dragon Ball Z games and whatnot in Unreal Engine, and the environments always look you know fine, they, 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 you know fine to good I would say because environments are so easy to create in um, in in Unreal Engine and it, pretty much in in most engines I would say uh, even even something like Dreams like we were talking about is obviously a much less powerful engine, but the environment is still always the easiest part. That's why when it comes to like Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't think the development time is going to be as long because they have to create the environment and a lot of the other stuff. And then that's a discussion for another time. But what I'm saying is that like environments are, if you have a good art director and good people on creating environments, it's pretty straightforward how to do that. And it's pretty easy to do that. If you have good people that are people that are good at art and anybody that's working in the industry at that level is going to be good at art. So, um, Unreal Engine 5, cool, but I don't think ground-shattering. And I'm sorry that ran on quite a bit, but I think it's important to extract. Oh, that's good. No, I think it was, it was good to have your viewpoint. Um, I mean, I agree 100%. Obviously, I think you know technically a lot more than, than I do. But like I said earlier, and you kind of touched on it for a bit, I think just if people are really expecting PS5 games to look like this, I think they're going to be disappointed because this is, like you said, this, this is a slice of just a demo. And they they purposely made this look as good as possible. And I think, you know, maybe they'll shock me, but I really have a feeling that no full-size PS5 game is going to look anything close to this. 
they're gonna look good. I mean, and, and yeah. the, the the way the way they're talking about textures and whatnot, they're gonna look better. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying they won't look better. I'm just saying if yeah. people were like seriously impressed by the the visual quality of this, I think yeah. it's just it's not gonna be the same. Yes, absolutely. But but that's every tech demo. I mean, yes, if exactly. you've ever seen any tech demo, like we mentioned the Final Fantasy VII one, we mentioned the uh, what was the other Square one? Luminous. The Luminous one. I mean, they're you know they both look drastically better than what any other game did at that time uh the infamous luminous engine that square abandoned halfway through final fantasy 15 development to switch to unreal because it was easy yep (laughs) all right uh well i I think it's probably high time we're we're pretty deep into this podcast now we'll we'll move on to uh to my topic this week and 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 guys it's not so much a, a news topic but it's a discussion because one one of the things that I think a lot of people thought that was going to happen today with this big reveal was that we were going to see the next Batman game because everything lined up. We knew they they wanted to have a conference. Um, WB Montreal wanted to have a conference. <clears throat> yep. And it's in behind Jeff Keighley was the the bat symbol or the the batarang in in his little vlog things he's been doing. I think we all we. Not all, but like a lot of people I saw were talking about the next Batman game. And this has been an ongoing thing for a long time. I mean, Arkham Knight came out in what, 2015? So it's been five years since we've gotten a Batman game in this uh, long-running beloved franchise of of Batman games. And, you know, my personal feelings of the Arkham series aside, I do enjoy playing them. Um, Wait, what? I thought you more than just enjoyed them. No, I, I I think they're okay. Oh, no. I, I know that. I know don't that hurt coach's feelings. I know that hurts coach. I, I think <laughs> I think they're they're fine games, and I think that that in my personal opinion on them is that they don't play like a Batman game should play. But um, <laughs> but I, I I do like the story of uh, the Arkham games. I, I think even though Arkham Knight stumbled a bit. It's pretty much confirmed this is going to be a Court of Owls game. That, that's something that really pumps me up because I think there's a, so much potential with that because they, they released a teaser image of... Uh, that was probably, what, six months ago? Eight months ago? How, that was a long time ago. Maybe a year They're ago? They've been doing a couple, though. It was more than just one image. Yeah, So yeah. and but the specific one that, that showed the Court of Owls symbol and a lot of other symbols that we don't really know what they are. But... um. I just want to get you to touch base with you guys because I know I, I think we we all enjoy these games, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're good games. Um, and I think we we've gotten grown attached to these games, and obviously we all knew Arkham Knight, even though it was said to be the last one, wasn't going to be the last one. I mean, th- these games are money makers for WB. Um, so where is this game? When are we going to see it? Is it going to be a next gen exclusive? And why haven't we heard about this game yet? Okay, so today on Twitter, WB Montreal, who I think, who everyone knows they're doing the next Arkham game. Yes. And there have been soft rumors, nothing like solid, that they're going to start like a new universe, kind of, you know? Yes. Um, Which would be smart to do. Um, But anyways, so they put out that on their Twitter that they're going to show – like behind the scenes of the devs, right? Nothing about a release or anything like that. But we know, if you look at the splash image of Jeff Keighley's, you know, summer of games or whatever, there's that WB logo right there. 
Yes. So at some point it will be revealed. Um, and I'm assuming since it's been so long that it has to be this, this, I hope it, that it's this fall. You, you know? imagine, I mean, it, it, it has to have been in development. I mean, has WB Montreal made anything since Arkham Origins? No. So we, we I think we have to assume, because Arkham Knight came out, what, a year after Arkham Origins? Two, two years? It was a year. It was a, a year? No, well, I was in, um, I think it was two. Uh, it was before I went to Kuwait. I know that. Because I was, I would, I remember I got up for the Wii U. Well, e- either way, either way, it wasn't that long before um, Arkham Knight. It was, it was, so it was Arkham a, Origins two years. was Arkham Origins was 2013. And, yeah, so two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we have to assume they've been working on this game for a long time, a, 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 a sizable amount of time, and I think they've been smart being silent about it. But it's time, gentlemen. It's time to see the next Batman game. Yeah, I mean, I I think these games have had just so much influence on. Uh, just on on recent kind of beat 'em up type games recently. I mean, you look at Spider Man; it uses pretty much the same combat system. Assassin's Obviously, Creed. a lot more dynamic. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Lord um, of the Rings. Yep, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War. They all kind of use what Arkham Asylum started, and um, you know, personal opinions aside, I know Seth, you said you don't really feel like they play the way that a Batman game should, but. Um, you know, I think that whole combat system is so iconic at this point. Yes, yes, it is. That I think everyone's kind of been waiting for the next game, next superhero game, I guess, to to come out and, and use this. And obviously, the next Batman game, I think, has been on everyone's mind. So I think. Um, well, I will, I will also say we did get we did get technically another Arkham game in the form of uh, Arkham VR, which, in yes. my opinion, is so bad. Really. Oh, dude the the way that story plays out. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for people, but ha- have they confirmed that that is like a, a dream or something? No, they that is canon. Like that is part of the. That story. is so That's disgusting to me. Like what happened? I don't. Has, 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 it been, has it been out long enough that we can spoil? You it? can it's spoil out. that yeah. game. That, it, that it game came out the day for... VR came out in. Yeah. Like, so years ago, at the at the end of the game, it turns out that Batman killed Nightwing. Yeah, yeah. That's why it, you you know because someone killed Nightwing in was it in Arkham Knight? It was in VR, but but he was dead in Arkham Knight, right, or something like that. No, no. So this, this yeah. So anyway, Batman kills Nightwing <laughs> at the end of Arkham VR, and it and it returned. Yeah, because the whole plot premise of Arkham VR is that someone killed Nightwing, and you're trying to figure out who. It's a detective game, right? But it turns out this whole time you're the one that did it. Um, and at the end, at the end, he like loses his mind, right? And he turns into like the Joker or something like that. Isn't that how that goes? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like really, oh, it's like really, no. yeah. It's like really <laughs> upsetting, um, especially if you're if you've been following that Batman for a long time. Like they, they like they basically assassinated his character in that game. So I, I, I kind of oh. like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So it, it was really Meanwhile, upsetting. I'm so, going to sit here enjoying how that played out. No. Yeah, I. I you know, I thought it was a bit of a stretch, but the game itself, I still thought was really fun. I thought it was a good showcase yeah, of VR. Yeah, yeah technically. But, but I mean, when you, when you're, dude, I don't. What what is it with writers? All of a sudden, no, but Rocksteady. Like, I think Rocksteady developed that game. Oh, I don't care though. Like, what is it with writers being like getting people attached to characters all of a sudden and then just assassinating them? 
I don't understand. Why are you trying to upset your fan bases? Stop hurting our feelings. I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, I said, it's like really Luke messed Skywalker. up. It's like really messed up. Yeah, Luke Skywalker. So um, okay, so remember, there's been a lot of rumors over the last three years. At first, you know, we we heard Rocksteady's doing the the Superman game, right? Which I don't yeah. want. I don't want a Superman game, but impossible, I'm just yeah. me. It's impossible. Right. I'm just me. So if it turns out to be amazing, awesome. But then it went to the next year. No, they're working on a Lord of the Rings, no, not Lord of the Rings, a Harry Potter RPG game. Remember that that one Rocksteady was doing? Uh, yes. Was that Rocksteady? I thought that was WB. Yeah. No, that was Rocksteady. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be honest. That looks dope, though. Okay. That looks dope. Wait, was that? Are we sure that's Rocksteady? Yeah, like, that was the rumor that they were gonna. Well, they, they, it wasn't just a rumor. The, the whole the whole gameplay got leaked. Like that game exists somewhere. The Harry Potter one. Forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I believe was. Conf- it was either confirmed to exist or confirmed Rocksteady. I and like I need I need that game in my life. I'll be honest. That looked really really cool. So. Yeah. Huh. And and so it's just all these rumors, and it's crazy how. Just nothing's leaked from that company. Yeah, I know. Whether it's WB Montreal or Rocksteady, nothing has leaked. And they love it. They're keeping happy. That's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) Oh, you want to raise this month? There you go. Yeah, exactly. Let's keep these happy. Well, that was not. (laughs) I'll just type that right there. There we go. Um, okay. Hey, Seth, one one podcast, you and I are just going to have to troll yeah, Austin it, and just start. We'll, we'll get into a pretend argument and just drop <laughs> F-bombs. Like, yeah, yeah that, I mean, hey, I'm allowed one per episode, I think. I think it's okay. As long as I write it down. Now, last week, oh, I, I definitely forgot to write one down. So. Now, back in the day, PG, you know how we were talking about PG-13 dropping F-bomb. PG movies showed boobies. No, they didn't. And back in the day, in the 70s and 80s, PG movies showed boobies. What a time to be alive, huh? Oh, it was. I was like <laughs> 11 years old and I see my first boob, right? I'm like, no way. Oh, my God. <laughs> they also swore in the original Transformers animated movie twice, and that was rated PG. Well, before before this podcast evolves anymore, also, let's give us some uplifting news. Uh, tell, tell us about some Switch sales here, buddy. Yeah, so... Um, the Nintendo, I guess, kind of quarterly conference call, or is it annually? I don't remember. They had basically their their big sales call um, that happens every year around this time. And they came out and said that the Switch has now sold uh, 55 million units. And in the last six weeks, Animal Crossing New Horizons has sold 11 million copies. Staggering amount of, of copies. Yeah. Um, and I want to say um, it's actually sold even more than that now. I want to say this maybe was not including digital sales, but uh, there's a tweet from Stealth on Twitter where he talked about how I guess it's now Who? At- Stealth? Yeah. 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 He's yeah. good. Yeah. He's a pretty well-known um, kind of gaming person on Twitter. So follow and I him. I think real know, quick, but- I think he went to, um, he was on um, NVC podcast. Yes, he was. Recently. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, what does he look but, like? Uh, uh, like a guy. Can't see him. <laughs> Anyways. Actually, he's completely invisible. Anyways, uh, he tweeted out 
And I don't know. I Yeah, I want to say this is including the digital sales, but he tweeted out this image that it actually Animal Crossing has actually sold 13.41 million, which in the last six weeks pretty much outsells every um, Animal Crossing game. And most uh, most of the PS4 games, I saw Colin Moriarty tweeted that out, yeah. that it has sold all except the top PS4 game. That's what all. Yeah, of. and that's like lifetime sales. Yep. So yep. Uh, I think, what was it, Uncharted 4, I think is the only one that it had not um, outsold, I want to say. So um, I, I just want to, I just want to, clear this up because this is this mm. is uh massive um so you, switch sales topped 55 million yep. and new horizons is over 11 million you said closer to 13 and a half yeah. that that means that like pretty much one in four or five people that have a switch bought animal crossing that is insane mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's a huge that is insane um, a huge number i think it really came out pers- at the right time yeah, I mean, it really did. It it really did. And it's, I know for a lot of people, a game that's kind of just getting people through, you know, the societal pandemic that we're currently going through. And um, it really did release at the perfect time. I pretty much in, in my personal life, out of all of the people I know that own Switches, I cannot recall a single person that does not like own this game that like actively plays their Switch. Um, yeah, which is yeah I was about to I was about to say a single person that owns a switch and then I remembered you had one so I, I said that specifically but <laughs> it's, it's sitting in my car <laughs> and I haven't touched it <laughs> um, no I mean really though like uh, every night and I think I have probably like 30 35 people on my switch friends list I'll get on I'll see like 20 people on my friends list playing this freaking game like literally 20 out of my like 30 friends uh, playing Animal Crossing and it's it's just a huge um, I guess attachment rate is the word. Yeah, attach rate. Yeah. Attach rate. Um, uh, as far as as far as this game goes, so, um, I've never I've never really seen a game kind of take off, uh, this much as far as Nintendo stuff goes. I think the last one maybe was was Breath of the Wild, but even then, like, you know, the Switch was, you know, it only sold a few million units when it first came out, and Breath of the Wild came out with it, but. Um, now that the Switch is deep into its life cycle and we now have this massive game release, it's just pretty awesome to see such a huge community kind of just appear. Yes. Um, the, thing, the thing I always remember about Breath of the Wild was it sold more copies than number of Switches sold. Yeah. That's oh, what yeah, I, I always remember that. from it. What a stupid statistic. I hated that, dude. That was so annoying that people were buying Breath of the Wild like before they even had a Switch. Like, oh my god, that's so annoying. <laughs> buy your console first come on <laughs> god Grant, so, yeah. i bought vita games before i had a vita uh-huh. you're, yeah. you're not known to be like like completely sane elijah that's why you call the local lizard man you're not <laughs> wow. well done. <laughs> didn't know that <laughs> huh. yeah. I, and then they forecasted in that same report that they would sell i think 19 more million or something like that or 12 million for next year so that way they'd be at about 75 million at the end of next year yeah, yeah. 
And so currently, where the Switch sits, it's it's sitting below the NES. It's basically 62 million, and above the Super Nintendo at 49 million. It sounds like it's going to break Nintendo's curse. Well, I mean, definitely already has. That 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 was a stupid thing to say because Nintendo's curse was that their their console sales were going down and down and down. But obviously, the Wii U sold about uh, as good as a poopy flavored popsicle. So the Vita um, outsold the Wii U, and that's kind of all there is to say about the Vita. So I'll take it. Yeah. So. Nintendo's curse is officially broken. I'm really excited to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, yes, mastered on it. That, that... did you see now, the new trailer? Wait, no, now, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. Don't you just jump in here all excited, Austin? Because you have had plenty of time to play the Switch's best game, which is Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Well, uh, well, I've played about 40 hours of it. I need to, I need to get back to it. But I will say, if I do have the collector's edition for for the remake oh, of one pre-ordered um because i have it for the second one it's basically kind of like a set it's, it's, it's so pretty. pretty i need it yeah. so bad my life it's pretty pretty much the same collector so i was like you know kind of have to get it to go with the other one but um i think what i'm gonna do is play through the first one and then finally like finish up the second one after that's so. uh do not agree with that decision in my life at all it's gonna keep mm. me up at night i'll be honest so okay well i'm glad that i can haunt someone yeah. Well. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just sitting over here with the Tony Hawk Collector's Edition on pre-order. Dude, speaking of Tony Hawk, people freak. You know, you know. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not the biggest Tony Hawk's Pro Skater fan, right? I'm not. But I think this was the wrong move to make because I have played the games. I think what I would have liked more than this was if they called it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Classic Edition, and it was a remastered version. But it was all three of those games merged into one. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not really a reason to play one or two if you have three, correct? Like, they, they, I, the games got progressively better. And I they added more content. But they I were pretty heard much two stages. was the top. And then well, I, well, I think people, people, people liked two because the unlockable characters, if I remember correctly, right? No, that two was, had the was, best was, levels, hands down. But, um, yeah, so, so, so imagine if they had took all those games put all the levels in from all three games, all the skaters from, cause like, like I said, there's, there's not really like a, like a story progression in the Tony Hawk's pro skater until we get yeah, to under. No. So what would have been sweet was just like Tony Hawk's pro skater classic edition. Cause I don't really see a reason to play one. If you have two on the. So I never, I only, you know, the only time I ever played uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater was on the, 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 what was it? The, PlayStation Underground or Pizza Hut or whatever the demo discs the demo that disc, were around yeah. on PS1. Oh, man. That was the only times. only time I ever played these games and and whatever demo it was, I really enjoyed it. But is so three, is that also a PS1 game? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So well, it also came out on PS2 though, didn't it? I I don't know. I I don't think I've ever played three. I've only ever played one, two, and four. So since this was announced in the last two days, I have looked into this, and no, from what I can tell, PlayStation Two exclusive. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say, from what I can tell, people actually love three. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot of comments that have said that three is their favorite one. So yeah, that's what I was. I don't know. I don't know how big of an opinion that is, but um, maybe they'll maybe they'll still do it. I don't know. Just as an aside, a funny story before yeah. we move on. I know Pedro's probably can hear this, so he's gonna love this. Uh, Pedro's like disgustingly good at Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and <laughs> Watson also thought he was good at Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I actually think no, Watson's, Watson's not here. Right now. I can't hear him. Um, but <laughs> Watson challenged Pedro to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and oh, there's there's like, there's like a versus mode. And gentlemen, what I saw 
that night was the most disgusting display of a beatdown <laughs> I have ever seen in a video game. I mean, like it it looked like Pedro had played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the last twenty years, and 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 Watson picked it up for the first time in twenty years. It, it was a, it was a beatdown. Like it was disgusting. I mean, we're we're talking Pedro's outpointing him by like ten thousand. <laughs> like, wow! Like he he really laid the smack down on, on, on Watson that night. So it was, and, and this has happened multiple times with uh, NHL games and fighting games and whatnot. And, and Watson oh, keeps man. coming back for more. Pedro freaking destroys people at fighting games. Like yes, I, yes, he does. I don't even. I oh, wish I was oh, good right. at fighting we, games. We all, we all played fighting games at E3 yep. that one year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I I came into E3 very prepared with Injustice Two, and it took him like an hour to come back and figure out the game, and then and yeah, didn't he back. didn't he not play it before that? No, he didn't yeah. play it before that. And I had spent I weeks training myself, weeks getting really good with Robin, weeks, and it it it, it took uh, hours. <laughs> I wish I was good at fighting games. That's the one genre um, that I have just never been able to get into because I'm so horrible at that. Yeah, it is frustrating. It's I really love them. I'm just terrible at them. Okay, so here's another so, story. Here's a, oh, real quick, can I can I yeah. throw in a story? Yeah, go ahead. Before Tony Hawk was um, <laughs> got into X game mode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in middle school and high school, I used to watch him skate because he's from San Diego. I'm sure that was something to be awesome. sort, of like, sort of like watching Michael mm-hmm. Jordan play basketball. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was something else, like really. Yeah, because he had his Power Peralta boards, and um, he was like the the skater of all skaters and there were a lot of good skaters in southern california that we got to watch a lot so that's all but but i i want to say before we wrap up the show because i know it's about that time uh you were talking about getting good at fighting games and this is is another pedro story i'm I'm sure he's right across the line i'm sure he's about to crack up because he loves this story i I know i've said this before on the podcast but i don't think this one uh, a long time ago, I used to think I was really, really good at Street Fighter Four. Like, I mean, guys, like, so like, this, this was this was when I was working at at uh, GameStop, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, like, I, I Street Fighter Four was like my game. I played the crap out of it. I, I unlocked all the characters, which is very hard to do in the OG Street Fighter Four. Like unlocking um the uh, their, their master, I forget his name. I think it's like Genkai or something like that. It's like super hard to do. You have to get like a really high score and then beat him at the end. And it, so like like I was really proud of that. And then like I, I would. I think it was the midnight release for Gears of War 3. We set up a whole bunch of fighting game booths at GameStop. We really went all out and, and made it like a really special midnight launch. And I, I set up a challenge booth with Street Fighter 4. And people would come in, they would challenge me, and I spank them, right? Like, I really beat them down. Fast forward, like, uh, I want to say like a year, and we're all at my buddy's house, and I'm now working at Elite Games, and uh, we just met Pedro. We didn't really know much about him. That he was a cool guy, so we inv- we'd invite him over for um, for you know to hang out and play games and whatnot. It was like a, a, a little party, and we're all sitting around playing Street Fighter Four. And you know, whoever loses passes the controller on. Right now, I'm doing pretty well. I have the controller, and then it happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing as Akuma, and the controller passes to Pedro again. Didn't know anything about Pedro's gaming habits. Uh, and he picks Ken, who is his go-to character in Street Fighter. And, um, gentlemen, that was the last time I played Street Fighter. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> joking about that. That 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 was when... So, like, imagine you're, like, a star in, in, in a high school football team, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you didn't know that someone on the other team was a former NFL player. And you get hit by them. 
and then you're just like, oh, okay, so there's levels to this, and I'm done. That is essentially what Pater did to me that night when when he beat me in Street Fighter Four because I have not played Street Fighter since then. That night, that that night was it, and I uh, loved that game. I haven't played Overcooked since the incident of oh. E3. Boy, that was a disaster. <laughs> I refuse to play it now. That was a true disaster. One of these days, we're gonna have to play Overcooked too since oh, it has God. online multiplayer. Yeah. And then we're going to not do this podcast anymore because we're all going to break up. <laughs> I like to think that's what did it originally. <laughs> yep. We just weren't compatible. Huh? Playing Overcooked destroyed our previous podcast. That clip is still on the RM yep. Network. Yeah, that, yep. that is, I go back and watch every once in a while. But, uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I guess we'll wrap up this week's episode of Frame Skip. Thank you all for joining us. Remember to write in your questions at the show. You can write in our question. You can write in your questions at frameskippodcast at gmail.com, at frameskippod on Twitter, or facebook.com slash frameskippod. Remember to like us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. It really helps the show. And rate us on your podcast app of choice. Again, really helps the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth S. Taylor. You can follow Coach at 30 Professor at 32 bit professor. <laughs> Elijah right. at Local Lizard Man Austin at Austin J. Eller. And uh, this episode should go live uh, Friday, May 15th. Thank you all so much for joining us and your continued support. And until next week, guys, keep on gaming. Where's Batman when you need him? That's right.